2. Luke 2. I didn't mean to overlook our guests. We appreciate our guests being here tonight. We certainly do. And glad to have you. Glad to have every one of you with us tonight. Come on, give them a real big hand. Hallelujah. As well as those who are tuned in online, praise the Lord. Uh, those online viewers, we know there's some, we're having some technical difficulties. We've, we're ordering, we've just ordered some new equipment to uh, get things back on track and sync and Again, we have new leadership that's trying to get things, uh, trying to learn the system, really, uh, and get it, get it where they understand it. <laughs> and uh, so we appreciate their diligence and faithfulness uh, in getting things in order. And uh, hopefully we should have everything squared away by Sunday. Praise the Lord. I think it is, this word is very important, very valuable. Uh, Psalm 68, right around verse 11, talks about uh, the word of the Lord. Great is the company of those that publish it. The Lord sent out his word, and great is the company of those who publish it. So we need a great publishing company. Our job as believers is to publish the gospel all over the world. That's why we have the books that are going out and the, and the videos and all the audios that are available 24-7 for people to go and get it because the word is important. Amen? Amen. Praise God. All right. Are you there in Luke 2? Yes. Luke 2, verses 40 through 47. 40 through 47. All right. You get there, you'll find these words. It says, and the child, that's a capital C, so this is Jesus, and the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents, verse 41, went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and that happens to be, tonight is actually the last night of that feast, it's interesting. Uh, the Feast of the Passover, verse 42, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. Verse 43, when they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. Now, for the sake of time, I'm going to skip down to verse 46. Verse 46. Verse 46 says, so now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. All who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Again, verse 40 says that this child grew and became strong in spirit. Some translations don't even include the part in spirit because the really, the really, uh, the, the, the gist of this is that he grows up in stature, in his strength here, and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. And again, verse 47 says, all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and his answers. Do me a favor, media, if you can give me uh, verse 40, give it to me in the Living Bible, verse 40, the Living Bible. I don't think I gave you that. I, don't, I didn't write it down, but if I recall, the Living Bible gives me a different um, translation of that. Or it's just, it's, it is a different translation. Uh, it says, there the child became strong, a strong, robust lad, and was known for wisdom beyond his years. 
known for wisdom beyond his years. And that's my subject tonight, wisdom beyond your years. Wisdom beyond your years. There's a wisdom available to you and me that goes beyond our years. In other words, there's not a, it's, there's, there is a wisdom that comes through experience. You know, when they say folk who are gray-headed, they have wisdom of their years, wisdom of experience. But God can give you a wisdom that goes far beyond your years. He can give you wisdom for things you've never had experience in. So you don't have to wait until you're 40 or 60 or 80 or 100 to have divine strategies in your life. God can give you divine strategies right now, and we're going to access them by grace. Can you say amen? Father God, tonight we thank you for the word we're about to receive. I pray that God, each person has hearing ears, seeing eyes, and hearts to receive that which you speak to us tonight. I ask you, Father, to give me divine utterance that I may speak things that I hear you say. Give me divine unction that I may do things that I see you do. And I pray, Father, in this place, your word will be glorified among the people, that your word will have free course, and that you confirm your word with signs following tonight and in our lives in the days and the weeks and the months and the years to come, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen and amen. Wisdom beyond your years. Now, you remember I've been teaching you from Genesis chapter 1, uh, 26 to 28, where God said, let us make man in our own image. And uh, then he says, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the fowl, so on and so forth. And then the verse 27 says, so God created them, uh, male and female, he created them. And then verse 28 says, it says, God blessed them, and God said unto them, what? Be fruitful, come on, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have, have dominion. So those things I wanted you to see, that when God blessed them, in fact, verse 26, he said, let us make man in our own image. And all he said was, let them have dominion over. But verse 28 then tells us that dominion comes as a result of being fruitful, multiplying, filling, and subduing. You can't have dominion over something you don't subdue. But notice for them to get there in verse 28, it says he blessed them. In verse 26, he doesn't mention the blessing. But in 28, when he now is going to uh, elaborate on that, he has to release something called the blessing. Everybody say the blessing. Now, you remember I gave you this definition a few weeks ago that, that the blessing is the power of God given to men to produce what? Heaven on earth. Say it again. So the blessing is the power of God given to men to produce heaven on earth. It means you can apply this in your own life, wherever you are, to produce heaven on earth. And then I told you that, that the blessing releases something called what? Grace, which we know is a divine enablement. It's the ability of God. It's the ability of God. It's the ability, as 1 Peter 4 talks about, 1 Peter 4 11, the ability which God supplies. So God, when, 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 when the blessing is given, grace is released. The grace is the power or the, 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 the active ingredient, as we've been calling it, of the blessing. Grace comes on up when, when the blessing is released, grace comes on you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Blessing, blessing is released to you. 
Grace is what comes on you. God speaks the blessing. What comes on you is the grace. Did y'all catch that? Well, no, the blessing is on me. That's, that's how the song went. The blessing is on me. No, 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 no. The blessing is, is upon your life. It, the, the blessing is released to you, but what's on you is grace. Hallelujah. Well, no, didn't the Bible say in Proverbs 10, 6, blessings upon the head of the righteous? Yeah, blessings. That's S. But the blessing is released to you and over you. What comes on you is called grace. Grace upon you. Y'all got this. What does grace do? Grace, listen to this, grace covers humanity with, div- with divinity and makes the impossible possible. Grace covers humanity with divinity. And makes the impossible possible. That's worth noting in your, in your, in your nowhere right here. Grace, it causes humanity to be covered by divinity. Remember now, it's the ability that God supplies. It's the ability of God. It's God's ability. Did y'all catch that? It's God's actual ability. I don't know, y'all not catching. It's the grace of God, right? It's God's actual ability. And so when grace comes on you, it's his ability or divine ability coming on you. It's humanity now being wrapped and covered by divinity that now makes what was, because the Bible says with men these things are, are impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. Come on now, y'all know your Bible? With men, these things are impossible, but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. So when, as long as you're only in your, in your humanity, there will be impossibilities. But when divinity covers your humanity, what was impossible is now possible. So if you are now covered in divinity... Have the grace of God upon you, upon you, you're clothed with grace, then now there's nothing impossible to you. Nothing impossible for you. There's nothing you can't do. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ, through the anointed one and his anointing. That's his grace. It's his power which strengtheneth me. Which strengtheneth me. Which? Which, it's, it's a force, not a who. It's a force, it's a mantle that comes on you that changes who you are. How does King Saul, before he's King Saul, he runs into Samuel, and Samuel tells him, you're going to be the next king, and so forth. And he said, you're going to meet some men, some prophets, and they're going to be prophesying. And he says, and when you meet them, he says, um, you're going to be turned into another man. <laughs> he tells Saul, when you meet these men, go ahead and do whatever comes to you. You're going to be turned into another man. God, when he puts his anointing, when he puts his grace, when he puts divinity on your humanity, you get turned into somebody else. 
I don't know if y'all are catching this. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find the right role. I'm not sure which is the right role. You get turned into somebody else. Hallelujah. Explain, explain Samson. Samson wasn't, wasn't whipping lions and he wasn't defeating Philistines because he was some hulky, thick neck, thick chest, thick back hunk of a man. We know that that wasn't the case because if that had been the case, they would not have asked him where does his strength come from. He was probably some old skinny, weebly, wobbly looking fella with long hair. Where did your strength come from? And it wasn't because he was some muscle-bound champion. It's because something kept coming on him. And when the something came on him, he was turned into another man. And what was impossible became possible for him. So much so, he could rip iron gates right up off their hinges. So much so, every time they tied him with ropes, well, we better get some new ropes. Get some brand new ropes because these, these ropes must be old. Every time they tied him with new ropes, he just broke old past those new ropes because there was something that was coming on him. You see? So when divinity covers up your humanity, what was impossible becomes possible. I'm only preaching to 16 of y'all, I'm not sure. So, so, so you have to learn how to tap into this grace to, to become something and someone that you could not be without this grace. Hallelujah. Now there's, uh, I'm going to get into this here, we're going to try to try to get through this here. Because I'm going to talk, I'm going to hit this later on, but I just want to introduce the, the, the concept to you now of, of, uh, of positional grace and situational grace. Positional grace and situational grace. Positional grace would mean grace for your position. In other words, if you are a, a parent, that's your position, there's a grace available for parenting. If you are a husband or if you are a wife, there's a grace available for you uh, to be a husband and a wife, which, which gives you the ability to do something you could not do on your own. Nobody gets married knowing how to be a wife, knowing how to be a husband. Nobody has a child knowing how to do it. But when grace comes on you, if you submit to the grace for, for being a wife, the grace for being a husband, then what, what others say is so hard becomes easy for you. When people say marriage is hard, it's because they're not tapping into the grace to be married. Just like there's a grace to be single. There's a grace for it. Paul tapped into a grace to be single. Jesus Christ happened to a grace to be single because he was tempted just like all of us were. Yet without sin. 
So he can only do that by tapping into a grace. Does your Bible say he was simply just like every one of us? So there's a grace for it. There's a grace. As, as a pastor, I have a, I have a pastoral grace. It, it, it's laughable to me when I hear people say, I, I can do that. I had a guy one time tell me, I can do what you do. <laughs> he ain't even walking with the Lord anymore. <laughs> I can do what you do. Prove it, buddy. Because I can't even do what I do. I can't even do what I do. If not for the grace of God, I can't do anything that I do. Don't tell me you can do what I do. Because if you're not called to this position, there will be no grace available for it. That's why you should never get, get your mind on, on trying to be something because you see somebody else. Oh, that looks so good. Oh, look at what they're doing. Lord, I want to be that. I'm going to be that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to follow them. No, no, no. Wait a minute. You better make sure that's your lane. Because if you don't have grace for that lane, you're going to trip over over them hurdles. You're going to fall over every hurdle. So there's positional grace. If you're an entrepreneur, there's a grace for an entrepreneur. Grace to be an employer. Grace to be an employee. Grace to be an athlete. There's a grace. For whatever mountain God has called you to, there's a grace for that. Then there's situational grace. Situational grace, which is grace for situations, simply, simply put. Uh, when you have a crisis or a challenge, you're in a situation, there's a grace God can release on you with that situation. If you're, we, we always used to pray when people say, I'm going out of town. Hey, we're praying for traveling. Grace, you know. Praying for traveling grace. In other words, give me an ability, give, give me, supply me uh, the ability to make this trip safely. If you're going to drive 15 hours from Frankfurt to Kentucky down to St. Pete, you need some traveling grace. You need to be able to try to stay awake as long as you can because I can't do that. I don't, I don't even ask for that grace, Lord. Don't. <laughs> it might be available. I'm not even asking for it, though. I'm not trying to be in that situation. Praise the Lord. Serving grace, teaching grace, giving grace, so on and so forth. Okay? So there's positional situational grace, and they're all available to us. All right? Because we're all in some position or positions, and we all have situations. Got it? Now, we've been talking about three components of grace, and, and I, I went through those divine ability, divine wisdom, and divine energy, Right? So make sure you have that recorded somewhere. Divine ability, divine wisdom, divine energy. All, A-W-E, that's good. Good way to remember that. Awesome, awesome grace. Amazing grace. Awesome grace, okay? So last week we, we talked about this first one, divine ability. Remember I preached on last week, living beyond your ability? Living beyond your ability. Second Corinthians 8, and Paul talked about the church of Macedonia to the Corinthian church. He talked about to them, he said how, how the grace of God was bestowed upon them and that they, uh, they gave beyond their ability. So grace allowed them to give beyond their ability. And I gave you three, three things that they did to position themselves for that. You remember that? Uh, talked about how they, first verse 5, they gave themselves to the Lord. 
You want to tap into this kind of grace? Give yourself to the Lord. Because remember, it's his grace. So he's going to pour, but he's not going to waste. So if he's going to give you grace, he's going to give you grace to accomplish his will. Give you grace to bring him glory. He's not giving you grace for your glory. He's going to give you and me grace for his glory. So he's going to pour, but he's not going to waste. So I must give myself to him. Secondly, I told you the same thing in verse 5. It says they gave themselves to, to, to us or to God's leaders. So we got to give ourselves to God's leaders. Remember I told you the mantles and the anointing that you connect to determine the grace that God releases in your life. Did y'all catch that? That's why Elisha was able to access Elijah's grace. Elisha served Elijah. Elisha served Elijah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says that uh, he that tends the tree shall eat of its fruit. He that tends the tree shall eat of its fruit. Hallelujah. The same way a servant, if a servant attends to his master, he'll eat the fruit of it. In other words, you get, you access fruit of the tree you serve. So that's why it's important you know that you're connected to the right minister or ministry. The right vision, the right mantle, the right anointing. Because that which you connect to determines the grace that's released upon you. And I told you last week, you better make sure you get this. If you're under an, ap- an apostle, apostle, I'm, I, I was going to say apostolic. <laughs> if you're under an, an apostolic grace, then your life should become apostolic. You should be setting things in order wherever you go. If you're under a prophetic grace, then you should be declaring and decreeing things and seeing them be established wherever you go. Hallelujah. If you're under a, a financial deliverer grace, y'all didn't say anything. Because you are all three of them, the ones I, I'm giving you. I'm, I'm going down the list of what you should have in your life. Then you should have financial deliverance working in your life and be able to help repeat it and bring it to others. Because you access that grace, that mantle, and the mantle isn't just for you to wear it and use it for yourself. It's for you to wear it and then use it to minister to others. As you have received this grace, be also a good steward of the manifold grace of God. Use it to minister to others. Y'all getting this here? So it's very important you connect who you connect to. Remember Paul talked about that in Philippians chapter 1. He said to that Philippian church, they were his partners. Now that's another way of connection. He said, you all are partakers of my grace. So the grace that was on Paul's life, he said, y'all partake in that. Amen? So they gave themselves to them. Then we saw the last one, uh, they had a willing heart. They had a willing heart. That's what verse 3 talks about in in, uh, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 3. They had a willing heart. They were freely willing. So if you're willing to serve God, then he'll grace you to do it. If you're willing to serve God... Then he will, in other words, if God asks you something, if God shows you something and you say yes, thank you, Lord. In Isaiah 50 uh, and verse 5, I believe it is, it says, uh, He's opened my ear to hear, and I am, this is how I confess it, I am not rebellious, nor do I turn away. 
So when God open, yeah, when the Lord opens your ear, you can't be rebellious and turn away. He's opening your ear. Verse, verse 4 talks about how the Lord gives me the tongue of the learned, that I may know how to speak a word to him who is weary in season. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. Right? So I'm, 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 I'm getting assignment from him. I'm getting, I'm getting instruction. I'm getting requests from God to be about his business. And if I will not be rebellious and if, if I will not turn away, if I'll be willing to serve him, then not only will he, will, will he be happy, but he'll release grace on me to do it. Because he's not going to send you and me out there without grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 2.13 says that God works in us both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Right? Thank you, Lord. So grace. He, he, I, I heard this years ago, and I, it just bears, bears uh, repeating here. That God doesn't call those who are able. He enables those whom he calls. God doesn't call those who are able. He enables those whom he calls. Y'all missing it. He doesn't call those who are able. He doesn't go around searching who has the most skill, who has all the most talent, all the abilities. He enables those that he calls. Which means when he calls people, people aren't the most likely to succeed. <laughs> Moses, go down there and tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Moses said, I can't even talk. Well, that didn't surprise God. God heard him talk before. Gideon, go down there. I want you, want you to deliver my people from the, from the Midianites. I'm the least one in my house, and my, I'm the poorest family, and we don't have anything. And the, but he called a mighty man of valor. He doesn't even know what his abilities are. It doesn't matter. God's going to release something on him. See, if you say yes, oh, boy, if you just say yes, then something's going to be released on you to do what you said yes to. All he's looking for is a yes. Tell your neighbor, all God's looking for is a yes. Hallelujah. Yes, I'll go. Yes, I'll say it. Yes, I'll preach. Yes, I'll sing. Yes, I'll serve. Yes, I'll lead. Yes, I'll minister. Yes, I'll give. Hallelujah. I remember one time the Lord had challenged me. I heard this. I was watching on, on some, something, and, and they asked, uh, challenged somebody to give $1,000, and I didn't have $1,000. I couldn't put together $1,000 if, if, if I collected every coin and every dollar I had. I couldn't put together $1,000. And, and, but I said yes. Baby, we're going to pledge $1,000. And it wasn't a matter of a few weeks. A couple weeks, I think it was, this check came in. Out of nowhere, that we just where did, where did it, what where did that come from? What is that for? Well over, well over. See, all we did was say yes. I think the check came in with something like twenty four hundred, something like that. I mean, I'm like, wow, praise God. What, what? What? How did that money come? The yes. It was the yes. Yes, I'll do it, Lord. Yes, I'll, yes, yes, Lord, I'll support that. Yes, Lord, I'll help fund that. Yes, Lord, I'll help finance that vision. Yes. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And so what happened? Financial grace came on us. And then there was the money. And then what do we do? We sent the money. <laughs> Amen. And so that money became a seed now. And then it's, it's still producing in our lives to this day. We were in a meeting. I, I think I've told you this before. We were in a meeting over in Tampa. And uh, we had nothing. We had nothing. Nothing. And, and at that time, two kids in the house, three kids. And, uh, huh, three? Okay. So three kids at that time with nothing. And this big-time preacher's in town, in Tampa. And that's why we went over there to see this big-time preacher. And he's preaching on the kingdom of God and prosperity and faith and everything. And we're just grabbing a hold and receiving and, and chewing on it and, and listening. And uh, it came offering time. And I know this man flew in on his own jet. And he's going to fly back out on his own jet. And I don't know how we got gas to get back across the bridge. And when it came offering time, Elder Warren, I think I had, I remember like 14 or $17 is what we had to our name. And the Lord said, give $10. $10, I got 14 stuff, whatever. If, let's, I'm going to call it 17 Just I mean, I'm going to bump it up a little bit. $17, that's still over half of what we have, and I got to get home and feed my wife and children. But my yes... <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. See, when you, when you, if you want to get grace, you got to say yes to the Lord. Give yourself to God. Give yourself to his leaders, to his vision, and then have a, have a willing heart. Hallelujah. Now, y'all, y'all aren't getting excited about that, and that's okay. Because you're still trying to calculate, you know, what time you got to be at work in the morning. And how many hours you got to work tomorrow and Friday. Just try to get to your paycheck so you can get to your pensions pretty soon. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So God doesn't call those who are able. He enables those he calls. No one, not one of the apostles that Jesus Christ called was already a preacher. Not one of them he already called, that he called was already preaching the gospel. Not one of them was already all full of the word and already doing God's will. Not one of them was already doing that. What happened? He went to each one and said, hey, follow me. And they said yes. And when they said yes, those fellows turned the world upside down. They turned the world upside down because they said yes. But when they said yes, they didn't have the ability. They just had the willingness. But grace came on them. Are you getting this here tonight? All right, now, let's go into our second component of grace that we're talking about. And I don't, I'm not trying to make this exhaustive like that grace is only ability, wisdom, and energy. I'm just talking about this is what God gave me. This is my part of the teaching. You may hear other great teachings on grace, and I'm not going to dispute all those teachings. I'm just giving you my part, my revelation God has given me to share with you. You got it? So, so um, the second component of grace I want to deal with tonight is divine wisdom. Divine wisdom. Now, remember we saw in Luke 2, 40 through 47, it says, And the child grew, and this child is Jesus Christ, right? Grew and became what? 
strong in spirit. Now, again, some little notes will tell you that the word, the word phrase in spirit really shouldn't be there because it really talking about his stature. It's a physical stature. The same way you, you read almost the same thing about Samuel back in the book of 1 Samuel. All right, so he grew in wisdom uh, and uh, became, rather he grew and became strong in spirit and uh, filled with what? And the grace of God was upon him. So he's growing strong and growing in wisdom and grace was upon him. Or we could really understand this is that because grace was upon him. We notice it's true because the Bible says in John chapter 1 that the law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Uh, matter of fact, uh, there's, there's another little phrase that he adds in there in John 1. I'm going to uh, peruse this real quick and just I want to bring this out because it says here, hallelujah, verse, verse 1, verse, verse 14 of John 1, it says, and the word became what? flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his what? Glory. glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of full of grace and truth. Verse 16, and of his fullness we have all and what? So what is he full of? Grace. So he came full of grace. There was a divine enablement. You got to remember. You got to remember. He, he is God. It took grace for him to, him to become man. Y'all not. Let me help you. It took grace for him to have to eat. I'm not sure if y'all. It took grace for him to have to sleep. Because God never sleeps nor slumbers. God said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. If I were hungry, which means God said, I don't get hungry. So for Christ to come down and be man and do manly stuff, human stuff, it took grace. An ability that he didn't have on his own. But I wish y'all would grab a hold of this here, man. That's why we know the Bible says, for you know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for his sex he became poor. It took grace for him to become poor. How could God, how could God ever be poor? How could God ever be poor? It took grace. All right, so let me go back to, here, here to Luke, to Luke, because I, I don't want to get off track here. Luke, and he, the child grew and became strong in spirit and filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So the reason why he's growing and becoming strong and he's filled with wisdom is because the grace of a God, of God was upon him. Now look at what happens. Verse 41, his parents went to, went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. And when they had finished the days as they returned, so like uh, Passover end, was actually ended tonight, right? So sundown tonight, Passover ended. So they be leaving heading home, okay? This, this is where they are here. When they had finished the days as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and his mother did not know it. Supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now it was after three days they found him in the temple. There's a 12-year-old boy. 12-year-old boy. 
in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. Okay, what's impressed by that? He's listening and asking questions. Well, you got to keep reading. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So he's not just asking questions. He's answering questions. How old is he? Twelve. Now, there's another time later on when he's actually in his full-time ministry that he's going out, he's preaching, and he's doing all kinds of things, and the people say, where did he get all his wisdom from? He never went to any of our schools. This is what the, what the religious people are saying. They hear, where does he get all this? He never went to any of our schools. I don't remember seeing him in, in, the, in the rabbinical school. I don't remember seeing him in our, in our school learning all this stuff. Where, where does he get this wisdom from? Well, there's a grace. See, God gave Jesus Christ a grace, the grace to become a man. He wasn't a man. Now, he is now. Y'all know he is now a man. He's still a man now. There's a man in the Godhead now. He sits in heaven now as a man, just like you, Deke. He's a man just like you sitting in heaven now. Okay? But he didn't have that ability to be a man. God had to give him grace to become a man, ability to become a man. But with that ability to be a man and ability to live on this earth, he needed something else to go along with it called wisdom. Thank you, Lord. It's the very same thing that came on Adam, the first Adam. When Adam was formed in God's image and God's likeness to operate on this planet, God gave Adam an ability, but he also gave him a wisdom. How do we know? Well, he asked him, name all the animals, and he did. And everything he called it, that was his name. How would Adam know that? He didn't, there, was no, there was no school for him to attend. It was a wisdom that came from God, a divine wisdom. So Jesus Christ comes along, as the, the Bible calls him in 1 Corinthians 15, the last Adam. And so as the last Adam, he's going to get the same things, the same components. He's going to get God's ability, and he also now gets God's wisdom, the wisdom of God. Am I talking too fast for you? Am I talking over your heads? Do you all understand this? Okay, so ability, and now the wisdom of God is available, and it's on his life. You all hear me? All right? Now, so they were astonished, they were amazed, they were awed <laughs> at his understanding and answers. Remember I had you read the Living Bible. It says uh, he, he was wise beyond his years. He was 12, and these are grown men. Astonished. How does this little boy, now you understand, you understand, um, in the Jewish culture, you're still a boy till you're 40. <laughs> now they might refer to you sometimes as a young man, but you're not, you're not a full man till you're 40. And so these men are all 40 and, and above. They're well over 40 years old. And they're looking at this 12-year-old boy, and they're awestruck by 
his, his wealth of knowledge, his wisdom. Where did it come from again? God. What do we call it now? This grace. Okay? Now, this grace, when it comes on you, it gives us access to divine know-how. To divine know-how for every position or situation. Y'all got this here. There's a divine know-how. Everybody say know-how. Now, I want you to remember something now. We were called from Genesis chapter 1 to be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. Be fruitful, multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion. Now, he gave man that ability, but man needs the wisdom. How do I do that? I need know-how. God has given us the same command, the same order. In 2023, to be fruitful, this is not just talking about you and me having babies. Fruitful means, means to produce. Multiply means to reproduce. What are you producing? Well, you know, I don't have a degree. That has nothing to do with you producing. Well, I don't have, I don't have a lot of experience. It has nothing to, nothing to do with you reproducing. See, because when he tells you that, he blesses you and gives you grace. Grace contains what you need to do it. Grace has not only the ability, but the divine know-how. I don't know if y'all are really getting this. It has a divine know-how built into it for me to be fruitful and for me to multiply and for me to fill the earth. For me to subdue and have dominion. Everything I need to do, God has given me what I need to do it. <laughs> it's just we've not tapped into it. We've said, I don't know how. We've said, I can't. Well, God knew you didn't know how. And he knew you couldn't. So he gave you his ability so you could. And it gave you his wisdom so you know how. <laughs> and he made it this simple, Deke. He said, if any man lacks wisdom. <laughs> who gives liberally and upbraids not. He, he gives it without fault finding. He gives it without judging you and criticizing you. He freely gives this wisdom and says, okay, you want to know how to do that? Let me tell you how to do that. Glory to God. You remember, you remember Jesus Christ over, I think it's the sixth chapter of John, uh, one of the examples of the story, when he's going to feed the 5,000, he asked the, asked the disciples, hey, what, 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 how are we going to feed these? What, the people, they, they didn't, you know, the disciples didn't know. And Jesus said, he was just said his testing because he himself knew what he would do. How did he know what he was going to do? Wisdom of God. Hallelujah. All right, all right. Let's, let's uh, see if we can break this down a little further to you. So God, remember we, I said we're called to be fruitful and to multiply, fill, subdue, and have dominion, right? So God expects us, every one of us, I got loud on y'all, every one of us to produce. 
according to our abilities. Give me Matthew 25, 14, 15. Matthew 25, 14, 15. This is Jesus giving a parable, but it's a parable that's going to teach us about our calling. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. Now, this man is representative of Jesus. The kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered what? Delivered what? His goods to them. So he said, what I have, I'm giving it to you. He came full of grace and truth. And it says, and of his fullness, we have all received. Y'all, remember we just read that in John chapter 1, y'all? Y'all got to wake up now. Stay, stay, on, stay with me here. Of his fullness, we have all received and grace for grace. So this man who travels, he hands his goods to his servants. And verse 15 says, and to the one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability. So he hands them his goods according to their own ability. So he knows what ability you already have. But remember, he, he saw their ability, but he handed him his goods. Handed them his goods. And the point was for them, we don't have to read the rest of the story, it was to take what he gave them and increase it. So if God gives you and me grace for grace, then he expects us to now produce, to be fruitful, to multiply, to fill the earth, subdue, and have dominion. I'm, I'm working on y'all, man. I'm working. I'm working because remember, I'm trying to get to where we're going to talk about your kingdom iPad. Remember that? Your kingdom identity, your kingdom purpose, your kingdom assignment, your kingdom destiny, right? We're going to do something. We're not just going to be pew sitters in the kingdom of God. We're going to produce something. We're going to produce something. God put us here to produce something. We're producers and reproducers, multipliers, each according to our ability, right? So then he takes what his, his goods, he takes his goods and he gives them to them each according to their own ability, right? So God releases divine ability. But what he does, he also gives wisdom so that we don't waste the energy. <laughs> Remember, grace is, is, is I'm teaching you, it's, it's ability, wisdom, and energy. You need all three. Ability without energy is, is, is wasted ability, wasted potential. I mean, let me, let me ask you, I mean, you, you, you know you can cut the yard, you just don't feel like it. So you have ability but no energy. So you, you, are you following this? I'm, 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 trying, I'm trying to paint the picture so it's very plain to you that, that, that we need all three of these working together. We don't want either or, we want and all, so we want all three working. If we're going to produce what God called us to produce, we need all three components of this grace here. But ability 
without wisdom will waste energy. Otherwise, I have strength, I have ability, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'll expend and waste energy. So he doesn't want us to have ability and energy without wisdom. We need wisdom. I need wisdom. I need some know-how. I need to know what to do. I need to know how to do it. So God doesn't leave you and me in the dark. He doesn't leave us in the lurch trying to figure things out. He said, if you lack wisdom, ask God who gives liberally. Tell you, baby, you need wisdom. I need divine know-how. Need divine know-how. Look at Proverbs 2, Proverbs 2, verse 6 and 7. Oh, God. Proverbs 2, verse 6 and 7. It says this, for the Lord gives what? Wisdom. Who gives it? The Lord. The Lord gives wisdom. What does he give? Wisdom. From his mouth come what? Knowledge. Knowledge and understanding. So you need all three, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom, right? Verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom for whom? The upright. The upright. He is, he's a shield to those who do what? So notice from his mouth comes uh, wisdom, right? Sound wisdom, all right? Then we said in verse, verse 7, he stores up sound wisdom. It's stored up. He has wisdom laid up. Now, the reason why there, and I don't imagine God's stars are still full of wisdom. Not because, not because uh, he's not trying to give it away, it's just that his people aren't seeking it. <laughs> he stores up sound wisdom for the upright. It's stored up for us. Now that word, wis- that word uh, when you see that sound wisdom, you read other translations. In fact, you go and you read, it, read the, the Hebrew uh, from that, and you'll see it, that word uh, wisdom literally means success. It literally means success. He stores up success for the upright. Success is in store for you. Y'all better get it, man. God plans on you being successful. God never plans on you and me having failure in our lives whatsoever. Well, I wish I had some people listening. He plans on you and me being entirely, totally successful in every area of our lives. And he stores up the wisdom to make it happen. In other words, if, you're, if you and I are failing in some area, it's because we are lacking wisdom in that area. That's why it makes sense that Brother Copeland says, I've heard him say, other ministers say it, that, that any, any ministry failure is a prayer failure. Any, any failure in any area of your life is a prayer failure. What does he mean is a prayer failure? Because if you need wisdom, you've got to pray and ask God for it. And if you're not going to spend the time praying, you spend the time seeking. You're looking on YouTube for the wisdom. You searching on you Google trying to Google for wisdom. No, you know you want real wisdom. You want sound wisdom. You want sound wisdom. God, it's stored up by the Lord for you. You don't have to Google it. You just gotta pray for it. Come on, man of God. 
oh, y'all may not like this. But you don't need to pay for another weekend seminar from nobody. Because can't nobody's $300 one time give you an eight-hour seminar, and by the time you buy all the books, it's $5,725. Can't nobody's seminar outrank and outdo the wisdom that's stored up for you and me by God. You would have come out better sewing that 300. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, you know, no, it's just, it's just some things that got to go to folk and learn. He stores up. You, you think they know something he doesn't know? I know y'all don't like this because all y'all entrepreneur folk. But you think they know something he doesn't know? Who taught Isaac? Who taught Isaac where to dig? Who taught Isaac where to dig? When nobody else could find water. Who taught Isaac how to dig? 26 chapter of Genesis. Look it up in your own time. God gives wisdom. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. Give me Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you're talking about Jacob or not just now, but Jacob, think about how, how did Jacob get rich? God gave him an idea. Give, give me, hold on, hold your finger right there. Give me Proverbs chapter 8 uh, and verse 12 in the King James Version. Proverbs 8, verse 12 in the King James Version. You know, Proverbs 8 is all about wisdom. Our wisdom dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. Y'all didn't even catch that. Wisdom says, I dwell with prudence and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. I know everything to know about everything. I know how to invent stuff. I know how to create stuff. I know how to innovate things. I know how to give, how to give ideas. Oh, my goodness. George Washington Carver working in a lab with no equipment has a Bible and a pad and a pen and takes a peanut and prays and asks the creator of the universe for wisdom. Open this peanut up to me. <laughs> and the Lord peeled back the covers of heaven and showed him everything there is to know about a peanut. So so he invented more than 300 products. Three, more than 300 products and uses for peanuts. Just for, of a peanut. <laughs> Change the world with a peanut. And you got to go to a seminar. Y'all can get mad at me and go home off if you want to. 
Bible is going to tell you, if you and I would do this more, or just simply say, Lord, I need wisdom. Just ask him. Uh, I don't know what pastor got to do that. Because pastor tired of you wasting your money. When he gives wisdom liberally to those who ask him. Ecclesiastes 10.10. You have that? Remember I talked about ability, wisdom, and energy. They go together here, right? It says this, watch this. If the axe is dull and one does not sharpen the edge then he must use more strength. But wisdom brings success. Go back to the beginning of it so they, they can see the beginning. You got to see this. If the axe is dull, if you've lost your edge in the spirit, if you've grown dull in the spirit, Dull hearts, dull of hearing. Your ears have grown dull. And if your ears grow dull, your heart is, is because your heart is dull, which will make your tongue dull. It'll make your tongue dull. And if your tongue is dull, see, because we operate by our tongues. I'm going to come over here. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So we, we're supposed to use our tongues to cut things down and build things up. But if our tongue is not dull because our hearts are dull, because our ears are dull, then we have to use more strength. Now I'm just, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to work more hours. I'm going to work more hours. <laughs> I'm going to add a second job, a third job. I'm going to add a side hustle. That's the big thing today on all of social media. Get your little side hustle. Your side hustle is going to make it happen. Your side hustle is going to make it happen. <laughs> Glory to God. Now, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not downing a side hustle, but you don't have to side. You need a side flow. You don't need no side hustle. You need a side flow. Because if your <laughs> You get caught up in the side hustle and bustle, you're going to get more and more dull every single day. Which means you just got to use more strength. That's what you get caught up in the grind. You're caught up in the grind. On the hamster wheel. Trying to make it happen. But wisdom brings success. So what I need, rather than another job, I need to apply for grace for this one. Rather than another hustle, I need more wisdom for this one. Because if I can get more, more wisdom for this one, God will have me working less on this one. Because wisdom brings success. Not, notice it didn't say hard work. See, that's the, the, the put, put, up, put the beginning back up on that. Put that back up. Put the, put the beginning. Uh, you must use more strength. You must use more strength. That's hard work. That's working harder. 
I got to work harder. I got to work harder. You know, do you know working harder is part of the curse? God told Adam, by the sweat of your brow, you're going to leave from now. From now on, you're going to toil to make things happen. But when the blessing came back on the scene, I said when the blessing came back on the scene, it says the blessing of the Lord, Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he has no sorrow, no toil with it. Neither does toiling increase it. That's the Amplified Classic. Neither does toiling increase it. So working hard doesn't make it happen. What do I need? I need wisdom. I need, I need wisdom. Everybody say I need wisdom. I need I, I need, I don't, I don't need to work hard. I need more wisdom. I need to know what to do. I need to know how to do what I'm doing. He's given me the great, he's given me the ability. I mean, I can see it. I understand it. But I need more wisdom on how to do, how to do it. I need, need more, more wisdom on, on knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, knowing what to do, knowing how to do it. See, we fall into these patterns of, well, you know, you got to make 10 calls every day. You got to make 10, you know. <laughs> God can have you make one call. You don't need everybody like you, you just need the right one. Now, y'all know me. Y'all know I'm not against business. Not against business principles and business practices. I'm not against, I'm, I'm in, I encourage business like nobody else. I encourage, that's, that's my thing. I encourage business. But wisdom brings success. Hallelujah. So notice we need more than ability, we need wisdom, we need some divine know how. Okay, let me, I'm already past 9 o'clock, so let me, let me just wrap up on this, this little part here. I'm not going to finish all this. Um, go to 1 Corinthians 3. 1 Corinthians 3. First Corinthians 3. Hallelujah. Because I want you to see something here, and I'll try to close right, right about here. 1 Corinthians 3 and verse 10. Verse 10. Are you there? Look at what it says. This is, this is Paul talking. Apostle Paul, right? Everybody right? Apostle Paul? He says, according to the grace of God which was given to me. According to what? The grace of God. Which was what? Given to me. So notice grace. Is God's grace was given to him. God's ability, God's power, God's supply was given to him. And he says, so according to that supply of grace that was given to me, as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. So he says... That the grace was given to me, and what I did with it was I laid a foundation. I laid the foundation. He goes on to say another, another one builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So he says, but 
as the grace came on me and I laid the foundation. I did something with this grace. But notice he says that the grace came on me as wise, a wise master builder. Grace came on me as my position was a wise master builder. So the grace came on me not as a finisher, but as a builder to lay foundation. So grace came on, notice the grace came on him for his position. Grace came on him for his calling. Grace came on him for his assignment. Grace came on him for his purpose. Y'all got this here. So grace came, came on him as a wise master builder. Okay? This word, master builder, it's one word in the Greek, comes from the Greek word architecton, where we get the word architect from. It means master builder, means an architect, means a superintendent in the erection of buildings. The, super, the one who oversees the erection or the construction of buildings. So a master builder and an architect. So he has grace to be an architect. Grace to be a builder. Grace to be a superintendent. Got it? But then he says, he, he, he came before that with this word, wise master builder. So he has the ability to build, but the ability must have wisdom. So he says, this grace came upon me or to me or on me as a wise master builder. What made him a master builder was the wisdom. Y'all didn't respond. What made him a, because he could have just been a builder. Matter of fact, go, put that scripture back on the screen. Put it, put it back on the screen. First, first Corinthians 3.10, because you got to see this. You got to see it because it's right in the text. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a what? Wise. Wise master builder. I have laid the foundation and another does what? So there are other builders. But I'm a master builder. Aww. So anybody can build. But I'm a master builder. <laughs> what made me a master builder was this wisdom. Where did this wisdom come from? The grace that was given to him. So there's a wisdom available to make you a master. Now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, let, me help, let me let me finish this out here. Let me finish this out. The, remember that word master builder? Builder is from the Greek word architecton. The, 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 the word wise, Brother Joe, comes from the Greek word sophos. When I was putting this together, I thought about your company, Brother Joe. Sophos construction. Sophos building. That's what it really are. It's wise construction. That's, it's, that's, it's, that's right out of the Bible. It's sophos, but look at what this word sophos means. Forming the best plans 
and using the best means for the execution. Oh, my. I wish I had some people who really got this. I wish I had somebody who was interested in actually doing something in their lives. I mean, just wanting God to use them in big ways and wanting to do everything God put in them. Because it says here that this grace comes on, came on him to be a wise master builder. He wasn't just a builder. He was a master builder because of a wisdom. And this wisdom, it comes, it helps him form the best plans and use the best means for the execution. best plans and then the best means how to get it done this is this is the wisdom that we're talking about that comes from grace grace if you tap into it will release to you the best plans and then the best means to get it done the re thank you lord I'm just going to say it, and I'll, I'll, I'll go home and eat. Y'all don't want to hear this. If that grace gives him best plans and best means and makes him a master builder, if you're in your lane, will God not also give you the same grace to make you a wise master whatever you are? There are, you know, you ever heard somebody say, jack of all trades, master of none? And you and I can live with a jack of all trades mentality, just dibbling, dabbling this and doing a little this over here and never really become an expert, never really learn. But you can, you, there are some people who become masters, masters of their crafts, masters of their domain, who, who excel, master barber. My, my father was licensed as a master barber. A master barber means that you, you, are, you have more experience or more expertise than other people in this same field. Um, I don't know. Let me just, just throw this on this, this little side note. Masters merit more compensation. I'll break it down. Masters make more. What is compensation? What is merit? Masters make more. Masters get paid more. <laughs> and, and, and what the Bible says is that grace made him a wise master builder. So grace gives me wisdom or the best plans and the best means for the execution of those plans. Y'all got this here? So could I become a wise, a master parent? <laughs> could I become a master business owner? Could I be a master teacher? A master pastor, a master preacher, a master evangelist, a master, a master entrepreneur, a master, whatever God gives me to do, could I become a master at it? Well, how? How do I do that? 
By what? Tap into the grace. Because the grace gives me wisdom. Could I, could I master a class? Isn't it true that when people, when students take tests in class, in school, they're testing your mastery of the material? Have you mastered the material? Is there a wisdom available for you to become a master of the material? If, if, I, if I tap into the grace, hallelujah. So, beyond, grace goes way beyond favor. It goes way beyond getting out of Grace is all about supernatural ability, supernatural wisdom, supernatural energy. It's a divine know-how that comes from God. Now, Deke, this mastery, this wisdom is not by experience. It's not by, <laughs> man, man, I'm trying to get y'all to get this here. I'm trying to get y'all to get this here. It's not by experience. My brother Don told me this early on when he first started attending this church about how um, he got started doing art and his artistry. I mean, he's a master artist, a master artist. We have artists here, but, you know, I'm, I don't know if I, any of the master artists except Don in here. Um, <laughs> Amen. So he's a master artist. A master artist. And he shared with me that when God told him to become an artist, he had no clue, no idea how to do art. None whatsoever. But he said yes. Right, Don, God told you go buy the art supplies. Just go buy the art supplies. I don't know how to paint. Just go buy the art supplies. He said yes. And God dropped it on him and made him right off the rip a master artist. All right off the rip a master artist. See, I'm not talking about your experience. See, we, we got we to gotta untrain ourselves from this humanity mindset. About, you know, I need 10 years of experience in the field, and then I, you know, I'm long, know somebody, I gotta, and I got to get around some other people who know something. It's good to get around the people who know something. But, 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 but God knows everything. 
Spend more time with him. He'll tell you everything that he knows, which is much more than they know. Put together. Who's going to do this? Who's going to do what I'm talking about? Who? I'm done. Come on, stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, tonight for the word we've received. Thank you, Father, for that your people have heard. I pray, Father, that the seed of the word penetrates the soil of every heart, that your people will be open to divinity, that the traps of these natural minds will be opened. And we'd be able to step out into freedom, the liberty that belongs to us as sons and daughters of God. To step out of our humanity into our divinity. That we would understand, God, that all the wisdom of the ages, of the ages, belongs to you and you've stored up sound wisdom for us so that we can know not only what to do but how to do it you've made available to us the best plans and then the best means on their execution so father I'm asking you tonight to, to, to begin to pull back the covers for every area of our lives, Lord. You know that our individual positions and our individual lanes, you know each and every one of us according to our several ability, what you've given us and what you're expecting us to do. You're expecting us to produce yes, and reproduce. You're expecting us to fill up things to, and to subdue and to have dominion in this earth. God, we want to do that. So I'm asking you, Father, tonight that you bless each and every one of these, your precious people, to step over into that place of grace where wisdom abounds to us where we become wise masters in whatever domains you've given us, whatever areas that we are called to make us wise masters in those areas. Wise beyond our years, wise beyond our experience, wise beyond our, our exposure even to, to other things or people. God, it's not about who we are around and things we learn from man. God, you have things, you know things that man doesn't know, that you know things that men have not discovered. 
Your word says that wisdom dwells with prudence and finds out knowledge of witty inventions. Father, I ask you tonight that you grant us witty inventions and ideas, innovations, that God, by your wisdom, we be the masters in this, in this earth realm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for the wisdom that comes from your mouth. We glue our ears to your mouth. We fix our ears to your mouth. We fix our ears to your mouth. Awaken us morning by morning. Awaken us our ears to hear as, a, as the learned. Open our ears and we will not rebel, nor will we turn away, that we may know the wisdom that's available to us as people of God. We thank you for it and we give you the praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah.